Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. An immigration lawyer fights to keep her client from being deported and losing his family. But those who want him gone will stop at nothing, including murder. This is the first sentence in the synopsis of our book titled Extreme Vetting, the debut thriller by Roxana Arama. Roxana joins us to share more about her very fascinating story. Roxana, welcome to the author's show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Roxana, will you please give us a quick overview of Extreme Vetting? Sure. Extreme Vetting is a legal thriller taking place in Seattle, Washington in 2019. The protagonist is an immigration lawyer who's also an immigrant herself, and she's also a single mom, and she represents a client who fled his native country when his family was murdered there many years ago. She files for his asylum and a lot of bad things start happening because what she discovers soon after is that the killers of her client's family are coming here to Seattle for both of them. Oh, my Lord. Oh, well, Roxana, you are not an immigration attorney, but you are a Romanian immigrant. Is there anything in extreme vetting that resembles your coming to America? Yes, I a lot of my personal experience as an immigrant trying to build a life in a new home here over the years as inspiration for the background of my characters. Some of the small episodes in my protagonist's background are things that I adapted from my life story. And I bring also my personal experience as an immigrant living day to day for more than two decades in the country to this book. So are you telling me that somebody was after you as well? Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. This is a thriller. This is supposed to. uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay. Well, when we think of border politics and issues, we automatically think of the southern border with Mexico. Why would you choose Washington as the setting for your book? The Pacific Northwest is actually a hub of immigration for people from Mexico and Central America. So this is just reflecting the reality of the region I live in. And for the book, I interviewed extensively an immigration lawyer. And that helped me figure out how to tell this kind of story in realistic terms, as she provided me all sorts of links to articles and core documents that I could use. So it all kind of came together organically because I live in this region where immigration from Central America and Mexico are well represented. So you did have resources and did a lot of research in order to achieve the believability of your story, correct? Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about the vision you have for the ideal reader for your book. When I wrote the book, I wanted to reach citizens, American citizens who are interested in how immigration works, and they're interested in the news, and they are interested in the fabric of our society. Immigration is a facet of our society that doesn't get explained well, especially politicians seem to like to use it as a means of motivating their voters with like visceral reactions about, you know, hordes that are trying to invade the country. And I felt like if 
people who are interested, generally interested in how our society works, would like to read a story about what it feels like to be an immigrant, this could be a book for them. So that's kind of how I started. I like that concept because you're right about the politicians. They're using it as a fear factor thing. And there's nothing to fear from these people. All they're looking for is a better way of life. And I don't see why the hatred. Yeah, there's some bad guys. But if we do our vetting, like you say in, in your book title, then we should know better than to let the bad guys in. And yeah. so there's there's a lot of things that lay on us as a responsibility. So since Extreme Vetting is your first novel, is there any other author you think may have had an influence on your writing? There are quite a few that I liked over the years. I would say that for thrillers in particular, I read a bunch of John Grisham's novels because... He has a way of weaving together a story that's not just a thriller, but also a story about people. And I like that. And in my story, I wanted to write an immigration thriller, but I also wanted to write a family drama of a story about parents and children, because immigration in general affects the relationships between parents and children in a family. If somebody immigrates, they leave behind parents. And then if they move to a new country, they have children who are now born in a country that is not native to their parents. So this is a complicated matter that I wanted to present in my story. And John Grisham does that really well in his novels. So I really like him. And just to mention quickly, The Reckoning, it was one book that came out a few years ago, has it all for me. So I actually kind of studied that book. While I was writing my own, I was like, this is really good. I wish I can write this way. Then for plot, I always admired Ken Follett, the way he just writes thick books, but they're page turners, you know, (laughs) for tapestry and just, you know, the richness and uh, culture presented in a story. I always liked, I also liked a Romanian author, Ileana Vulpescu, who in particular, she wrote a novel called The Art of Conversation that is like, I hope one day I can write dialogue so well. So yeah, there are quite a few people. And I also like science. So books about science. So The Martian by Andy Weir, for instance, is something that I really enjoy. Oh, Roxanne, yeah. if you could compare Extreme Vetting with any other, what would that other book be? Uh, I didn't quite find a book like mine to compare it exactly, because in my story, the immigration lawyer, who's the one guiding her client, is also an immigrant. So she's an immigrant herself. So she actually has lived through the process. So she can guide people differently than an American-born citizen. So that is a little bit different than other books. But I read quite a few books written by immigrants or by children of immigrants about the immigration situation in our country and in their country, what caused them to leave. So one of them that stuck with me is Daughters of Smoke and Fire by Ava Homa. That is a book about the Kurdish population and the Kurdish family in Iran. And it happens mostly in Iran, but it shows pretty much the drama of having to leave your country because your country becomes a place where you cannot live your life anymore. So that is one. For courtroom dramas, I like Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. So there's a lot of them. So as I, we, I have I have more. Sorry. <laughs> as we talked before, immigration is a real hot button in the United States. How did your friends and family react when you told them you were writing Extreme Vending? Supportive. 
yeah, I don't think I got anybody to tell me don't do this. I think mostly it was like, oh yeah, we need this. <laughs> we need a book that is entertaining because you know, like you can't just preach at people about this. This is such a dry, arcane subject that I guess even when you say, oh, it's an immigration story, it might turn off some people. So the idea of writing something that's entertaining, but also presents the issues as the story develops, seemed like a good idea to the people I talked to. So yeah, I had nothing but support. And, you know, I had friends who send me links all the time. Like I read this article about this judge or this situation here with ICE and they were just sending me links all the time. So yeah, it was all but support. Yeah, everything support. I was going through your website to prepare for this interview and you have a very interesting series of articles titled Our Borders, A True Story. Do you think you'll ever turn these into a book? When I interviewed my friend for what ended up being a blog series, I wanted to write a novel because my friend was a young man in Romania when the borders were closed and he just wanted to choose his way in life. So he decided he was going to flee the country no matter what. And he tried multiple times. He was injured. He ended up in jail. He had all sorts of adventures. So I thought that was a compelling story of resilience and of pretty much the human spirit just not being beaten down, you know, he just wanted to choose his own path in life. And I thought I was going to write that as a novel. But at the time, also blogs were pretty big. So it kind of, after a while of working on a novel, and I didn't quite know how to write the novel at the time, I was just doing my MFA in creative writing, and I was all over the place. I decided I'm just going to put this as a series of interviews on the website with pictures and links. And we had quite a few readers back then looking at the story. So, and then it kind of stayed that way. But I don't see a reason why this cannot be turned into a novel later on because it's full of adventures. It's full of twists and yeah. So tell me what's next for you. Are you working on a new book? And if so, will you give us a teaser? Yes, I'm working on a sci-fi right now. It's a sci-fi thriller, and it's another immigration story, but this time with androids and spaceships. It's a story about the advent of artificial general intelligence on Earth and the androids who find themselves unable to secure the same human rights as the human race here and trying to figure out where is home for us. And it's based, of course, on my immigration experience, but Again, I wasn't an android. <laughs> and I wasn't on spaceship, just like what it feels to be like to be an immigrant, but also on my studies and in computer science, I graduated in computer science with, an, with a major in artificial intelligence. And I'm very fascinated by the subject and the renaissance that's been happening in the field. In the last 10 years, I've been reading a lot of books and I can totally turn that into a, I don't know, I hope compelling story. <laughs> Well, with regard to your education, you also have a master's degree in creative writing, and you've worked in software development. Have you always wanted to write novels? I think so. I think when I was a kid, I was always attracted by two things in school, literature and math. And I kept shifting my focus between these two things. I was going to national literature contests and math contests. And then I studied computer science in high school and in college, but I also applied to a theater directing program. And I came to the United States with a job in software development, but then also I was taking writing classes. So at some point I had to choose, but this has been going on with me for a long time. 
Do you think you'll ever make up your mind and stick with one? I actually think I figured out how to use science in my stories. Research is one big thing for me. I love doing research and then turning it into a yarn, into a flesh and blood story with people that you get to care about, but then you also get the science and the history behind things. I think I found my place. I like doing that. That's like with with the sci-fi I'm working on right now, there's a lot of neuroscience that I'm using in the story and artificial intelligence, but it's about people and it's about adventures like extreme vetting. My gosh, lady, you are a fascinating person. Is there a message in extreme vetting that you want us to take away after we've read it? Yes. I want people to come away from this book with the sense that immigration is hard. It's hard no matter how you look at it. If you come here, if you move to a new country with all the legal paperwork and with support, it's still hard to build a new home in a foreign land. It's just a big process. And at some level, it's always traumatic to leave behind your community, your family, your culture, your language, to always be seen by certain people around you as an outsider, no matter how long you've been in this country. So it's hard. I also presented in the book how hard it is from a legal standpoint. Like Our legal framework is actually outdated. It was created at a time when we were protecting against tyrannical governments, but now it's all about gangs and a different kind of like transnational violence. And we don't have the good legal framework to deal with the problems we're dealing with right now. So that's a very complicated process legally and just for human, for the humans caught in it. And it also takes a very long time. Everything takes a very long time. It's not at all how it's presented in the news sometimes that, you know, people are coming at the border and getting to become citizens and vote and stuff. None of that is true. You know, it takes like years, 10 years, sometimes 20 years, sometimes never to get your citizenship, depending on your situation. I just want people to kind of get the sense that immigration is a very complicated process. And it's just not right to be dealt with in easy, cliche, you know, like, slogans. It just, it's not right. I agree. So now I get to ask you, will you please read a short excerpt from Extreme Vetting for us? Sure. On that Wednesday morning in February 2019, Laura Holban arrived at the Seattle Immigration Court determined to fight like hell for Felix Dominguez's children. 17-year-old Cruz and 13-year-old Clara sat beside her at the council's table, looking terrified of being sent to Honduras, a country they didn't even remember. At the government's table, Immigration and Customs Enforcement Trial Attorney Josh Peterson appeared relaxed, as if he'd already secured the kid's deportation. Any submissions for today's individual hearing, Judge Carolyn Felson said. Laura handed over a manila folder with pictures from Felix's murder scene. He'd been her client prior to his deportation. He was a good man who'd lived in Washington State for many years, worked hard, and paid his taxes. But last October, Judge Felsen had denied his asylum application and ordered him deported to Honduras. By mid-November, he was dead, murdered in his hometown of Choluteca as a warning for those who thought they could escape the local gangs by fleeing north. Judge Felsen leafed through the photos. The courtroom was so quiet that Laura could hear the ceiling lights buzzing. A bench squeaked as someone from the children's foster family shifted in an otherwise empty gallery. In the corner of Laura's eye, Peterson was adjusting his tie as if getting ready for his performance. He had a reputation for using technicalities and precise legal terms to counter the flesh and blood of the cases presented by immigration lawyers. Laura took a deep breath to quiet her nerves. When her emotions ran high, her brain sputtered, unable to find the right words in English and reverting to her native Romanian. 
In immigration court, the government didn't have to prove that Laura's clients should be deported. She had to prove they shouldn't. Keeping her cool in stressful situations was vital because her well-chosen words could make a huge difference in the lives of her clients. And at the moment, she was anything but cool. She'd cried last night while printing the murder scene photos. Felix had been found in the driver's seat of a gray Toyota pickup, head tilted back, eyes closed. There was a gunshot wound in his throat, and his white shirt was covered in blood. Close-ups showed a red spattered hand clutching the steering wheel, two bullet casings on the sidewalk, a blood-stained picture of Cruz and Clara taped to the truck's dashboard. For contrast, Laura had added to the file a cheerful selfie of Felix in a green and blue Seattle Sounders t-shirt, a busy soccer stadium in the background. Cruz bit his lower lip. Clara stared down at her chewed fingernails. Laura imagined her own 15-year-old daughter, Alice, sitting terrified at a table like this while a judge decided her fate. As an immigrant herself, Laura knew how awful it was to be at the mercy of a bureaucrat while her life hung in the balance. Judge Felsen rubbed her forehead. Let me get this straight, counsel. Are you implying I'm responsible for the murder of your former client? Her voice was calm, but her hand shook a little on the manila folder. Oh, good heavens. You left me speechless there. I, I just can't imagine having children in that courtroom. That had to be just terrifying, even if it's nothing more than a novel. It probably happens daily. So you really it got does. to me on that one. So where can we learn more about you, Roxana? And where can we purchase Extreme Vetting? My website is my name, RoxanaRama.com, R-O-X-A-N-A-A-R-A-M-A.com, RoxanaRama.com. And I have their links toward the book directly from major online retailers. And more information about the book, you can read the first chapter and you can see what other readers said. And there are also other links to things I published. So, And you also have short stories there that we talked about too. Is that correct? I do have links to my short stories and to interviews and essays and writing essays I wrote. Yes. And then you've got a little bit of information about your next book, but you don't have a release date. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. That the next book is The Odin Chronicles, and it will come from Rampart Loon Press, but we don't know when yet. And it's a 30-chapter shared world saga where a bunch of authors got together, and we wrote stories about this mining colony at the far edge of the galaxy. <laughs> Boy, your imagination takes you a long way there. So... You've also got to sign up for newsletters and information about release dates and so on, right? That's correct. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Yes, yes, I do. It's on my we've website, on every page. We've been talking with Roxana Rama, author of Extreme Vetting. Roxana, you've written a thriller that cuts very close to the truth for me. Living in the border state of Arizona, we hear nightmare stories all the time. And I want to thank you for bringing this issue to life in a very reader-friendly novel. Please come back and talk with us again when you publish your next book. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Fast-paced and chilling from the moment you crack open the cover, you won't be able to put extreme vetting down. Roxana Rama's deep knowledge of the immigration system and all of its complexities give this thriller a unique and timely presence in the genre. Well, if that review and this interview has you wanting more, go to RoxanaArama.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, 
don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.